the car doctor. Yeah, John Paul's here from AAA Northeast in a different uh, setting, John, this morning. How are you? It's a little more intimate in here. Yeah, a little smaller. Nice. This is great, though. I love I love being here. Ah, we love having you. Um, really do appreciate it. Kind of a midsummer update. I can't remember the last time you were here, actually, but it was uh, much... Well, actually, it might have been the same temperature. <laughs> yeah, it could have been, could have been warmer. <laughs> it could have been yeah, warmer yeah. in February or March, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... Uh, but people are still traveling. Cars are still breaking down. Yeah. Although, although it's interesting, though, I was looking at breakdown numbers over the past five or six years, and cars are getting more dependable. We've seen incidents of road service go down hmm. a little bit um, over the past five years, and I think that continues a trend that we've seen in the past 10 or 15 years because you think about cars today that, you know, it used to be we always considered a car at 100,000 miles close to getting worn out. True. Today, a car at 100,000 miles has half its life left in wow. it still. And, and and it's not all that unusual to see a car go 300,000 miles where 25 years ago, if somebody went 300,000 miles, they thought they were going to get a, a, a free car from the car company right. because they've been that far. That's not the case. People, you know, cars are really dependable, and um, I think it really has to do with the – better gasoline, better oil, mm. better oil filters, better quality control at the factories. Um, that really leads to, you know, some of the long life we're seeing in cars today. Plus, with some, with a few exceptions, they don't rust away like they used to. That's true. You know, yeah. I, I remember my, you know, first or second cars I ever bought, you know, they, you, you stopped them like Flintstone cars. They yes. had the holes in the floor. Yes. And they really weren't that old compared to cars. I mean, my the car I'm driving today is a 10-year-old Hyundai Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Um it's um, it's still in pretty remarkable shape considering it's ten years old and yep. it, and it's spent its time all, all all up here where we put all kinds of stuff on the roads that it's just not good for cars. Right, right, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's good for roads. It helps. It helps. Uh, it helps the roads from freezing. But uh, a lot of these mixes we use. Um, you know, it used to be it was sand, then it was sand and salt. Now it's this. Now they put like pre when they pre-treat the roads. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of a sticky maple syrup briny stuff yes but it's it's very corrosive and yes. it's corrosive to cars it's corrosive to roads and bridges and you know any kind of steel so um but the cars are still remarkably holding you know they're holding together real, really well even domestic cars it used to be it was uh the the misconception was uh foreign cars were better quality than american cars well it was it was funny years and years ago it was the imports Mechanically, were always great, but the bodies rotted away. There yeah. was always there was always sort of a joke. Well, they, you know, they must have made them out of recycled <laughs> beer cans or something because they <laughs> rusted away so fast. Yeah. Um, now we're seeing we're seeing uh, domestic made cars, and it's hard to say what's an import and what's a domestic. That's these true days. too. Yeah. Yeah. You know the you know most of the Camrys are made in the United States. Most of the Accords are made in the United States. Um, I just drove a Corolla the other day that was actually made in Japan. It oh. sort of surprised me. Um, and you you look at uh, a lot of um, General Motors and Ford's cars. There's as many made in you know Mexico as there are made here. Right. So you know what's an import and what's a, what's a domestic. It's much car. blurrier than yeah. it used to be. For but sure, but yeah. there's still the American cars. I think quality wise are, are good. Maybe not quite as good as Toyota and Honda, but. They suffer from a perception problem, too, yes. that people still think, well, you know, that Buick's not going to last as long as that. Especially folks in our yeah, generation. Yeah, 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 that, that, yeah it's not going to last as long as that Toyota will. Right. In fact, it it may. And, I mean, you you drive around and sort of the two-generation-ago um, 
Buicks, the late nineties, early two thousands. There's still a ton of those on the road. Yes. So, yeah. you know, so that's telling you they're they're doing okay. Yeah, they um yeah. they have a lot of ground to make up though, um, because of the, the right, quality right. issues from even, the 80s, even, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even I remember talking to a General Motors executive. And I said, you kind of look at like 1980, 81, 82. And he said, yeah, we made junk. Yes. Yeah. I said, well, it's good you can admit to it now. That's right. and, yeah. And, and although yeah. it's funny, I read an article, kind of a um, unsubstantiated rumor the other day that um, GM may drop the Buick LaCrosse, the Chevrolet Volt, the Cadillac CT6, and there was one other one in there because they're just not selling and they want to focus on the things that sell, which are SUVs and trucks. Right now, yeah. it's just incredible, yeah. 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 Especially, I guess, gas has been tamped, yeah. tamped down. Yeah, so. it, it has been, although there's an inkling that we may start to see it go back up. Oh. I don't know where it's going to go back up, okay. but, but we've seen a little bit of an increase. And it could just be typical summer where... Um, you know, this is holiday vacation time, right. so you know the yeah. amount of people on the road are up. Which, which you know, as complicated as gas and oil is, you know the you know whole Middle East thing and mm-hmm. global you know geopolitical nonsense. <laughs> I shouldn't say nonsense, but to me sometimes it is. But still, it comes down to supply and demand. And right. If the demand is strong and the supply gets tight, prices go up. And mm-hmm. if the if we're making a lot and and demand is steady. Prices tend to go down. Right. So yeah. So you know, I, I somebody asked me, well, you know, how's it work? And I said the same same way the kid at the has the ice cold lemonade on the corner. You know, on a hundred degree day, they can get a dollar a glass That's for right. it. You know, <laughs> when it, yeah, on a day like today, they're, they're giving it away. Yeah. You know? right. So it, it's kind of the same thing with gasoline. Okay. Do you yeah. think you know electric? vehicles, John, will ever become mainstream? I don't think they'll ever become mainstream, but I think they're going to get more popular. And the two biggest reasons they're going to get more popular, if Tesla really can fulfill their orders on this new Tesla three. The affordable the one. The affordable right? one. Yeah. yeah. If if under you know, if somewhere between thirty five and forty thousand is affordable. I suppose. Yeah. Um if they can actually build them, they claim they built one uh, they showed a picture of it, and they didn't show the car yet, which bothers me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Chevrolet just introduced the Bolt, yes. which is in that same price range, 250 miles between charges. Okay. Um, the problem is if they become very popular, I don't know – well, you know, think about a hot day and all of a sudden – you hear about brownouts all across the country True. because the elect- there isn't enough electricity to support all the air conditioners. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with if electric cars get really, really popular, and everybody plugs in and recharges them at the same time. If the electric grid infrastructure isn't there to support it, then you then you have a, basically a car with no gas stations. Right. So that's going to be a problem. And the new electric cars like the Bolt and the Tesla 3, I really designed the charge on level two charging stations, which means kind of a drier outlet. You oh, know, okay. So, so if you tried to plug it into a wall outlet, it would take three days to charge up. Gotcha. So or it's or longer not even. practical. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not practical. So you need to have a very specific charging station set up. And you're starting to see them here and there around town yes. more and more. Yeah. Um, and they usually usually they're put in in conjunction with – some utility puts it in. Sometimes there's a charge. Sometimes there isn't. At the mall, for instance, you see them there, and there's a there's either a, a minimal charge or a charge after so many hours. Right. So if you spend more than a couple hours, then 
they uh, then there's a fee involved, and it's usually not a couple dollars, maybe an hour or something. Right. But, uh, but if we have all this and people do put charging systems at home, I mean, the idea of, you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, can you imagine having to come home and plug your car in every day? And I said, I come home and plug in my phone, I plug in my laptop, you know. Sure. My electric razor. You know, every, yeah. everything's charging, it seems like. Yeah, so why yeah. not just plug one more thing in? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, you pop the cap, you get the little charging thing, you plug it in, you walk away, you don't think anything yeah. of it. And, and now a lot of the cars are smart enough where if you get a different rate for electricity at night, kind of an off-peak rate, um, you can set it up so it charges from midnight till 5 in the morning okay. so, you're not, so you're not taxing your own electric service yep. or anybody else's. So it's, it's um, you know, the electric meter from my, my water heater at home does that. It's an off-peak electric meter. Oh. So it only makes electricity when it's cheaper to make electricity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in the past how many millions of years I've <laughs> lived there, it's always made enough hot water. So yeah. it's always it's always worked out fine. And the same thing with electric cars. So I think they will be a good percentage of the fleet. Um, but, you know, right now, you know, $2.30 gasoline is certainly putting the brakes on, uh, you know, some of this. But I think the car companies are continuing to develop I think hydrogen has a real future. Really? Um, yeah, it's just we haven't figured out how to make it inexpensively yet. Okay. Um, I was just talking to a guy the other day who, who really feels there's a real push for ethanol, so alcohol-based gasoline. There's a little bit of alcohol in all of our gasoline now, but move that number up to 40 50 60%. Wow. And some cars can run on it with no problem at all. The flex fuel ones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And... Um, and if you think about that, if you and if you make it out of the right product, um, I was I was it's kind of a weird story. I was, oh, good. I was <laughs> do tell. <laughs> I was I was I was on vacation in Mexico. Okay, and uh, it was a nice hotel, but it was a little separated from all the other hotels, and it was in a little, um, um, I guess, kind of a touristy town. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Cancun, and it wasn't. It was a uh, can't even think of what the name of it was. Puerto something or other. Right? Okay, Puerto Morales, and. Um, when I was there, there was a convention that was taking place in there. And it was a corn convention. And I'm like, huh, corn, con-, you know, and they had, you know, big agro businesses. And, and there was a couple of people kind of hanging out in the lobby and, well, actually at the bar. And uh, <laughs> and they had one of those, you know, typical pop-up displays. Sure. And, and I walked over, I'm sort of staring at it and trying to, you know, I can only order about, I, I can order beer in Spanish, but that's about it. And I'm trying to read it, and I kind of get, oh, they're talking about pesticides and this and this yeah. and this. And this guy next to me, and I and I said, hola, and he said hi. So I'm yeah. like, oh, good. He, he speaks, speaks English. English. Yeah. yeah. And I said to him, oh, you know, I kind of have this figured out, but it, it it doesn't look like, it looks like you're doing everything with corn but making fuel out of it. And he looked at me and he said, we would never make fuel. We would never waste our corn on a fuel waste. because because it's so important to our culture and oh. to feed our people that we would never think about making fuel out of it. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. And I that always stuck with me. Mm. And then when mm. I was talking to this guy about ethanol, he said the things to make ethanol out of are things like algae and stuff that nobody oh. really wants. Mm-hmm. And you think about what happens when there's too much phosphates in the water and there's these algae blooms that yes. build up and just happened in Boston they, Harbor yeah, yeah. yeah and but if you scooped up all that algae and then cooked it down and and 
made ethanol out of it. Mm. Well, now all of a sudden, you're and you mix it with gasoline. Now you have less petroleum products. You get rid of the junk you don't want, and you end up, in theory, you know, less oil you pump, the cheaper gasoline should get. Right. Yeah. So, um, so if you can make it out of switchgrass and hmm. and weeds and and garbage and yeah. um, I mean, you drive by any old landfill and you see the 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 torch burning yes. off because they're burning off the methane. Yes. Yeah. Same kind of idea. So, okay. um, so if we take all of our waste and turn it into fuel, hmm. well, there, there's there's an interesting possibility. So, right. and then we're also sitting on you know some, some of the largest compressed natural gas. Uh, resources in the world. That's another and yeah. CNG. I've driven. I've driven several CNG cars in the past twenty years. But one a couple of years ago, it was a Honda Civic, and it performed like any other Honda no Civic. Kidding. It performed well, um, but there's sort of a limited place where you can get CNG. Right. Um, yeah. But it would go about a hundred and fifty or sixty miles between charges, and oh, I figured out that. Oh, in Walpole, there's a CNG place, and in, in Yarmouth, there's a CNG yes, place. And one. Yeah, the yeah. one that you drive by and no one's ever at. It's exactly yeah. right, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's one in Lakeville. Okay. So so I kind of figured out where I could go to get CNG. Okay. And it filled up pretty quick and, you know, go from, you know, almost empty to full. I think at the time when gas was $3 a gallon, it filled up for like 12 bucks. All right. So, so there was so an affordable there, option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still think the future of the automobile is – no different than history was in the early 1900s. You could buy a car that ran on gasoline. You could buy a car that ran on diesel. You could buy a car that ran on steam. You could buy a mm. car that ran on batteries. Mm-hmm. You could buy a car that ran on wood chips, I mm. guess. You know, <laughs> it you know, ran on any anything. In fact, um, Rudolf Diesel, when he invented the diesel, said the idea what is perfect about the diesel is peanut farmers can make their own fuel. Wow, okay. And, you know, I don't think everybody's going to have a still in their backyard. Right. Because, uh, uh, in fact, the guy I was talking to, I said, you know, do you, you know, you were, you know, crazy environmentalist who's got a still in his backyard making your own fuel. And he said, well, he said, I honestly do have a small still, but I found out I like the brandy better than, <laughs> better than, better than the fuel. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to burn yeah, my booze. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so um, because of that, he, he said, you know, he, but. But he did prove he could do it, yes, and yes. Uh, and he said, you know, that's huh. kind of the interesting part about about um, you know where, you know where the future is. I think the future is going to be you know seventy percent gasoline, yeah, but it's going to be electric. It's going to be diesel yep. still, even though you know Volkswagen kind of really tarnished the diesel market, didn't they? Yeah, um, but. But that I, wasn't the fuel's problem. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem with the fuel, yeah, it and was it was. It was a problem with. It was a problem with executives and cheating and lying, and it was a people it, problem. Yeah and, yeah, and not being able to admit defeat. Right. You know, and it's, well, okay, well, you know, we we'll, we can't do it, but we can figure out how to cheat instead. Right. And, right. And, and then it looks like we do it. Cost so. them way more than yeah. it ever would yeah. have. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So yeah. Hopefully, nobody else yeah. will make that same yeah. mistake in the future. Um, how about self-driving cars, John? I mean, <sighs> And flying yeah. cars, we've even heard of you know these these concepts of yeah. like George Jetson. Yeah, uh, type yeah. I, I don't. I don't. We'll 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 hold we'll hold a, <laughs> a flying car. Self driving cars are sort of interesting because yeah. uh, it's what's interesting about it is nobody can quite agree 
there's five levels of self-driving cars. Wow. You know? Are there really? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's like, you know, level one to five. And level one doesn't really do anything. And two, two might apply the brake and steer. The Tesla, oh. when it's in the auto drive mode, is in some cases people call it level two. Some yeah. people call it level three. And nobody can quite agree what it is. I think the... I think what is going to happen is um, people are not 100% comfortable with self-driving cars yet, the I idea agree. of yeah. it. But some of the features they'll start to become more comfortable with. So if your car can stay in its own lane and brake automatically and you can take your eyes off the road for a minute to look at something that fell on the floor and your car behaves normally, well, that's that's kind of a nice thing. Sure. And people are going to find that some of these features allow them to take their hands off the wheel a little bit more. All right. Smart cruise control, for instance, that looks at the vehicle in front of you mm-hmm. and even the vehicle in front of that and keeps a safe distance and adjusts the speed. So instead of just setting the cruise control on 60, you, set it on, you can set it on 100, and it's still only going to go as fast as the cars around you. Gotcha. So, um, so those features are the kind of toe in the water of self-driving. So it's a gradual easing into yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. The level three, the best we can figure out what level three is, level three is um, the car will drive itself until it can't. The problem is... To me, that means you have to hover over the steering wheel, ready to take over at any minute. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Right. You know, if my car is going to drive itself, I want to take a nap. Well, um, yeah, or or you know, answer my email. It or, shouldn't even have a steering wheel if right, it's going to drive right. itself. Right. And, yeah. and I think in the next five or six years, we will actually see some self-driving cars in sort of fenced-in areas okay. of. So, and it might even be you know. Might even be Quincy, you know that in Quincy you can have a car that drives itself. But the idea of pushing a button and saying "Take me to Miami," mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever going to happen okay. because there's too many variables. the The best self driving cars, and probably Google has one of the best ones. What they really did is they mapped every single roadway. It's incredible what they and done. And then with that, yeah. the computer systems know that when you walk out in the street. It immediately knows that the last time it mapped that roadway, you weren't there. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you are there, which means I have to pay attention. I have to do something. I have to make an evasive maneuver. Different than I don't know where I am, but I sense somebody walked in front of me. Okay. So they're so accurate and they're so good. But to be able to completely map out the entire country in real time and know that, oh, they just, you know, if you mapped out downtown Quincy mm-hmm. three years ago. It's all different. You're, you're today. in trouble. You're yeah. in trouble now. That's right. You know, so, and so there's those kind of things that are really going to affect it. But I think what we really, I think we will see more and more features that make people more comfortable with it. MIT just did a survey about self-driving cars. It was a follow-up to one they did a year ago, and a year ago, sixty or so percentage of the people interviewed said they were they would be comfortable with a self-driving car. The number actually went down this year, hmm. and they actually interviewed a slightly younger demographic, not on purpose, that's just who replied to the survey, and they were surprised that younger people are actually have a lower approval rate of self-driving cars. Surprises me, too, yeah. And, uh, and you know, it may be that, you know, the 
there maybe the technology they think belongs in a certain place. From AAA's standpoint, we want transparency. We want people to know that if they're in a self-driving car, the self-driving car is going to know a lot about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they're going to share that information. Um, even today, if your car has a navigation system in it and it has um, a Wi-Fi hotspot, mm-hmm. it can transmit that data back to the big computer, right. whatever that is. Right. And somebody said, well, what, what can that really tell somebody? And I can said, well, it can tell you – it can tell somebody – where you work, because it's going to have an end address that you go to five to four, six That's days true. a week. Yeah. It's going to tell maybe what your religion is. And they, how would it know that? I said, well, if you go to church, mm-hmm. you know, it's going well, to... Well, it makes a lot of assumptions, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to know your weight. Oh, sure. Uh, because yeah. the airbag sensor system is somewhat weight dependent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, you know, you could you <laughs> could decide you want to pull into the you know, Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee and a, and a muffin, and your car could say to you, Joe, that's not a good idea today. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, okay, that's bordering yeah, on, uh, yeah. you know, over-invasive. But, yeah. but, but, the, but everything that's scannable in a car, when you yeah. go to a repair shop and they scan your car for codes and problems, everything that's scannable is essentially um, transmittable. Yeah. So anything that... That's any, data, right? It's yeah, any, ones, yeah. any anything that's data, and you know, people people say, to you, "Well, what are they going to do with all this data?" And I said, "I said the first thing they're going to do is figure a way to market it mm-hmm. because if they can't figure out how to make money with it, they're not going to care." It's useless about it. to them. So yeah. if they can figure out that every time you get in your car and there's a you flip on the country radio station and the radio may say, oh, uh, here's an offer from the ticket company. Um, you know, Luke Bryant's in town. You know, maybe you want to buy tickets. There you go. And yep. because you always tune to that station. Yep. Um, yep. So th- there it's can – profiling, th- th- essentially. It, it really is. Yeah. And and that's where, you, you know, even even Tesla, um, they they all have cute words for it. Mm-hmm. Um they call their they call their um, autopilot software in shadow mode, and <laughs> I said, "What's that?" And they said, "Well, you know, like when they beta test things, and you have a mm-hmm. beta, so it's not quite ready yet." Well, shadow modes like that, but basically, what they did is anybody that had the autopilot function, every time it was used, it transmitted information back to Tesla mm-hmm. about how well it worked, and then they tweak it from there. So basically, instead of Developing it and making it 100%, they developed it and made it 80% mm-hmm. and let the consumers who use it work the bugs out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you might have told somebody that before, right. you know, before you were ready to roll it out. And they didn't, and they got caught. Yep. So, um, so what we want is if there is self-driving vehicles, we want them to be regulated to a point where the technology isn't stifled because right. – the you know, as I get older, I can appreciate the idea of, well, you know, I don't see as well at night as I used to. Sure, yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great to not worry about being on some, you know, dark road or someplace where headlights really bother you and you could get in your car and you could have it, you could have it drive you home. Absolutely. Or, yeah. you you know, you went to a restaurant and you had a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and you, you said, this was good, I'm going to get another bottle of wine. And then you, your choice is, well... I can drink the second bottle, I can leave it here, or maybe they'll let me bring it home. Um, but if I drink it here, I probably had too much to drink to right. drive. But if I can drink it here and my car drives me home, right. 
Uh, and the vehicle manufacturers, Volvo being one, said, if our car, if our self-driving cars get into a crash, we'll take full liability. Wow. Which is, you know, they may change their mind by the time it happens. Right. But, but somebody has to. Yeah. And well, right. Yeah. 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 And and that's one of the one of the. I guess not so funny jokes one time I said you know what happens to a self-driving car if there's a you know a, uh, if it's driving down the road and two cars pull out in front of them and one's you know a car full of kittens and one's a car full of puppies mm. which one does it hit mm. um, <laughs> and the person from the self-driving car company said well we, we we're working on that decision, and I said, at what point does the car sort of commit suicide? Yeah. You know, it it says, well, I don't want to hit the car full of puppies. I don't want to hit the car full of kittens. So I guess I'll just run into a tree. So it drives off the road. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they sort of looked at me and went, well, we hadn't considered that option. I said, um. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you ought <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, a, a, a little gruesome sounding, but still, yeah. well, you know, there, you know, there, there are th- the average car on the road today is – as old as it's ever been, mm-hmm, it's about mm-hmm. eleven years old. Mm. And if the idea that self-driving cars come out in two thousand twenty, say, mm-hmm. um, it's still going to mean there's a whole bunch of cars on the road that are from two thousand ten, right? And those are not going to have the technology, That's and those right. are going to be filled with people making mistakes. And the self-driving cars may may be a help to prevent crashes, but um, they still have to deal with the other, you know. 250 million cars on the road. That's so right. that's where it becomes complicated. Yeah. Wasn't it Volvo that just said they are not manufacturing any gas-only cars anymore? They said by, I think it's 2020, wow. that they will, they'll only manufacture hybrids or, or, um, or electric cars. Yeah. Um, they have the money to try to do that. I mm-hmm. mean, they're owned by a Chinese, rich Chinese company. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's possible they could do it. They also said by the year 2020... Anyone driving in a 2020 Volvo will not be involved in a fatal collision. Period. Uh, period. Wow. Yeah. That's quite so, a statement. Yeah. Um, again, you, know, you can say a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, whether it actually happens. True. <laughs> but now that they've learned how to package engines and powertrains sort of as a – truly as a package rather than – so if they can build a, a plug-in hybrid Volvo XC60 – well, that same engine battery pack can go in a sedan. It can go in mm-hmm. a uh, it can go in a, a bigger car by adding more horsepower. It can go in a smaller car by adding less battery. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's entirely possible they can do this without too much work. And people aren't quite ready to the point of thinking high performance hybrid, even though right. all of the crazy performance cars now, whether it's a you know whether it's the Ford GT or Ferrari, La Ferrari. Those are all hybrids. The oh. Porsche, the million dollar Porsche, is a is a hybrid. Interesting. But for you know the person with a Camaro who wanted to buy one and said, "Well, I just got my hybrid Camaro." People are going <laughs> to. Yeah, I don't think we're quite ready marketing wise for that yet. Right. But uh, you know, hybrids can provide performance that gasoline engines can't in a lot of cases. But for sort of a car that's considered just a good solid you know, mainstream car like a Volvo, I don't think people are going to care if it's a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid. And um, if they plug it in, they plug it in. If they just run it like a regular hybrid, like a Prius, well, that's fine. Um, You know, to get better fuel economy and still normal performance is money well spent for Mm -hmm. consumers. Sure. 
Just joining us, our guest is the car doctor. John Paul is here from AAA Northeast, and our audio listeners will be leaving us now. But, uh, John, I'll ask you to stick around and sure. maybe uh, provide some practical car care advice for Absolutely. the summer months. I had, a, I had an issue myself. Uh-oh. I did. Um, battery was barely three years old and took it in for regular service and was told it's uh, it's in fair condition and in a charging mode and will need to be replaced shortly. And I said, but it's only three years old. Mm. What happened? And they couldn't identify any reason that it was, you know, in poor condition or being drained or anything. Um, so I had it replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, they um, uh, comped some of the uh, warranty yep. that was still left yep. in it. So I was pleased with that. Yep. Um, but I'm, I was concerned, too, as why would that would have happened. Well, uh, you know, batteries are interesting because the average life of a battery in the northeast is just under five years oh. um and and that's average some last seven or eight years some last you know two or three years okay um replacement batteries i don't care how good they are mm-hmm. they're not as good as the original oh really yeah oh. and and even though it was from uh, the dealer too yeah and well and their battery isn't there if you went to the dealer and bought exactly the same battery that the car came with it's not exactly the same battery the car came with. See, I'm learning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, and we sell batteries, and we sell and, – and batteries today are made by – there's probably four battery companies in the United States, okay. and maybe there's only three. And the battery that we sell at AAA is, is made by a company called East Penn. They make the same battery that goes in a BMW. No. Um, but is it exactly the same? I don't think so. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a real good battery. Sure. And you should And you should get – you know, four, five, six years worth of life out of it. Okay. Um, the battery that was in my car lasted about seven years. Wow, you beat it, the odds. It was do and it was doing well till I went to go get something out of the back of it, and the hatch didn't close all the way, and it and it. Uh, I came Stayed back. On. Came back. Yeah, I came yeah. back the next day, and the car car was dead. <laughs> and I and I and I charged it up, and the battery went from being in, and I would test it periodically. And it went from being in good condition to being in marginal condition. <laughs> so it took a and, big yeah, dive. So, yeah, <laughs> so I kind of, and my wife's been driving my car a lot more than hers, and I said, I kind of said to myself, Self. well, before I get the call that the car didn't start, <laughs> and then I remind her she has AAA and she didn't have to call me first. <laughs> she did. She, <laughs> she did. So why don't I just put a battery in the Good car? Idea. So, um, and it probably could have gone a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't expect the replace. Even though I bought the best replacement battery I could get, um, I don't expect it to last seven years okay. because that's not typical of replacement batteries. All right. Um, so I, we, our AAA engineering f- group, um, who works out of our national office went out and bought, took original equipment batteries out of five cars and literally disassembled them Mm -hmm. and then bought five brand-new batteries that had the exact same name on them, so a Toyota battery, a Ford battery, a GM battery, and cut them apart and said, there's differences. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So... um, Hmm. So and so, and, don't worry about it. Basically, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, keep having every, it tested. Every, everything's fine. Yeah. And what we always tell people is, once a battery gets to be about three years old, have it tested on a regular basis. Yeah. So, um, and then once it gets to be five or six years old, you're probably on borrowed time. Okay. Which, yeah. Um, 
you know, I was talking to a, a plumber about this, and he said, "Well, we try to tell people the same thing with their water heaters. You know, oh it, yes, you know if it's yep. got, you know if it's ten years old, you know, it's probably you probably ought to replace it before your basement fills up with water. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> even though it might be working fine, so yeah. right. uh, so kind of the same idea, and it's kind of funny too that. Um, a battery works really hard in the cold weather because the oil's a little thicker, fuel is a little bit different, everything's cold and it turns over slower. Um, but batteries really fail in hot weather. Hmm. Um, the heat, um, uh, a battery in central Florida or Phoenix probably only lasts three years compared to five or six years. Really? Here. Yeah, because okay. the heat actually causes the the uh, the fluid, the the water and, and electrolyte, the, the acid that's in the battery, to actually get too hot. Um, it causes distortion to the plates inside the battery, oh. and it causes it causes somewhat shorter life. Um, uh, and some of these new batteries that are designed for um, that that aren't kind of filled with a liquid, they're called glass mat batteries. Um, they're fantastic, uh, but on the other hand, service life we're not seeing the same long life either. So, okay. so it really it really depends um, how it's used. The one thing that I don't care what kind of battery it is. If you're somebody who leaves your lights on and kills a battery on a regular basis, you know, once or twice a year, it's like, oh, I didn't close the door, or I sat in the car listening to the Red Sox game, <laughs> and, the, and then the car wouldn't start. And uh, every time you need to jumpstart a car, you, you're probably taking away 10% of the battery. Oh, life. interesting. So you okay. can only do that so many times, and then the battery's You're at 100%. Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> you're so, uh, so having your having your battery uh, fail is or getting close, and maybe you could have gotten another year or two out of it. You never know. Right. But knowing that it's in kind of marginal condition, yeah. especially where you have to be up at the before the crack of dawn. Correct. Um, so you, you want to have a car that you know is going to be dependable. That, but yeah. But at AAA, the, the the three top reasons that we go out to rescue people really hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It's dead batteries, flat tires, and people still lock their keys in their car. Okay. Yeah, oh, so. not running out of gas anymore? So. No, okay. they, they, that's, uh, that's probably in the... 10% okay. range, but right. it, it happened much more when gas was $4 a gallon. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. people pushing uh, it. <laughs> yeah, trying to get as far as they could. Exactly. But, but, we've, but we still, you know, cars don't start, and we go out, and the batteries are dead, or, you know, in some cases, it's, it's other electrical issues. But right. mostly the batteries are shot. Um, you know, there's still a lot of people with flat tires. There's still oh, a, lot sure. of, a, yeah. lot, a lot of people that, um, especially today's cars that have bigger wheels, fatter tires, less sort of sidewall height. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you hit a, po- a hole or a curb and you knock a chunk out of the tire. Yeah. Or you just damage it and you don't think much of it. The car maybe vibrates a little bit. You yep. don't think. And then you get out on the highway and the tire gets good and hot and all of a sudden the tire just blows out. Sure. And you're like, my tire just blew out. Well, it didn't just blow out. It, it, was, was, it was damaged yeah. from, you know, from before. And not to pick on anybody, but... Our roads are horrible. Oh, pick away because I agree. Yeah, um, no question. You know, other than they just paved my street for the first time in thirty years. Um, <laughs> the the uh, and thank you to the town of Abington for that. Uh, but but um, you know the uh, you know you see you know some serious potholes. Yes. Uh, you know, in the middle of the highway yes. on busy roads on and you know, yeah lots and of debris too. You know, to lot, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know somebody. Uh, you know, somebody I work with, their car got hit by something that fell off a truck that or something. A lot. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, but but you look at the roadway, and as the roads have started to disintegrate mm-hmm. around us, 
uh, it's taken a toll on cars and tires and things. And and then you know nobody wants to see gas taxes go up, but right. the gas tax pays for some of these repairs. Um, you know, no one could disagree that you know maybe. You know, maybe we need to look at how we spend our money. You know, I want to find out how New Hampshire does it because uh, it's amazing when you cross the, yeah. the, the state line how well, drastically there's, better there's, roads. There's are. there's a lot less signs to say, "Look at what we're doing." Yes, and you know, somebody, somebody, <laughs> you know, those cost something. And as much as I like the sign that says, you know, it's it's twenty miles and twenty minutes to the Sagamore Bridge. Yes, um, I, you know, it was that really necessary? Yeah, yeah pretty expensive. I'm sure it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, and and would it have been better to Pave the road. Just make the uh, road better yeah, so yeah, there wouldn't yeah, be traffic. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but everything's sort of a, a trade-off. And you're yeah. right. You drive to New Hampshire, and the roads are the roads are nice. I I joked with somebody the other day that I've been driving on Route 128 for I don't know 40 some odd years, yeah. and there's never not been construction uh, out absolutely there. Absolutely true. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely there's true. There's cones and there's things, mm-hmm. and, it, and and I'm like, and it still stinks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still it's still not a great road, and. Uh, and I, and I know I I left um, I left downtown Boston last Wednesday night around ten thirty, and I was stuck in traffic. It's always traffic yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, it's always and, traffic. And, and it's just uh, now they were starting to do some construction, mm-hmm. which is good. But um, but it, but it's yeah. There's there's it's it's tough for commuters. It's tough for everybody. Yep. And and you know the roadways are suffering. And and I think the answer partially is. The people who use the roads the most and cause the most amount of damage are going to start paying more. So I think truck drivers, um, mm. uh, because trucks, uh, heavy duty truck, hundred thousand pound truck, you know, probably does the the equivalent damage of you know ten thousand cars wow. or something. So okay. so because of that, there's probably going to be some taxation on on heavy duty vehicles because right. they do cause the most roadway damage. But you you look at you talk to people from Europe and. They're like, well, we have the Autobahn. Mm. You know, it, it's a perfect road. I said, yeah, but it's also, you know, five feet thick. Wow, of, is it really? know, Yeah, it's it's really. So it's a racing somebody, track, somebody, essentially. Yeah, yeah, somebody did a somebody. I, I saw a profile picture, and it's like it's like there's this on the bottom. There's this middle layer. There's this top layer. Oh, there's this top layer on top of that, um, which is different than you know we you know we just put macadam over yeah, yeah, gravel basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and hope it hope it holds up. That's right. Um, uh, but but you know so we look at all those kind of things. So tires are still tires are still a problem, and 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 still even though everybody has some kind of key fob remote thing, mostly to get in and out of their car, people still leave them in the trunk and <laughs> they leave them in the front seat and they you know so we still go out and rescue a lot of people and, and people say how can I prevent my car from breaking down? I said make sure you have good tires, make sure you have a good battery, and always keep an extra key with you somehow. And I said <laughs> you'll you'll hardly have to call us. Yeah. You know? yeah, you don't see overheating a whole lot anymore. Is that, that no, not re- not really. Um, and again, it has to do with the quality of the radiators, which are thinner and cheaper than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand the the coolant is working better than it ever has yeah. so um y- you don't you don't see it radiators don't clog up like they used to right. they you know some still do if you've never changed your coolant but uh but generally the coolant lasts pretty well and yes so there is there is a lot of there is a lot of things that we don't see that we used to i mean, I mean it was not all that unusual in cold weather you know, we'd go out and do road service, and it was because someone's you know carburetor choke was stuck open, and right. that's why it didn't start. So you go take the air cleaner off, yep. and you spray a little starting spray in it, and lube up the choke, and you know, okay, pump it twice, yep. see if it starts, yeah. and it would start up, and everything would be good. Right. You know, with fuel injection cars, they start up 
pretty much all the time. Right. You can let a car today, I, I think you could literally let it run for days until it ran out of gas and it would never overheat. Amazing. And yeah. if it's running properly, that's the way it should work. Right. Now, of course, there's going to be some that just the fans fail or, oh, sure. or you know, a hose finally a gets wet. Thing, yeah. But, you know, the other thing was radiator hoses maybe would last three or four years. 30 or 40 years ago. Right. Now we're seeing them last 10 years. We're seeing fan belts last five, six, seven, eight years. Incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, so those things aren't breaking the way they used to, right. which is which is good. Um, but when they do break, uh, these engines today are not as resilient as mm. they used to be. I mean, it used to be if your car overheated, you pull over the side of the road, you'd let it cool off, you'd go try to find some water somewhere, you'd <laughs> fill it up, and your car was fine. That's right. Um, yeah. Today, if your car overheats, chances are it's going to need an engine. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so it is really important to still look at your gauges and your warning yeah. lights. Um, if it's a yellow warning light that comes on, like an ABS light or a, or a tire pressure monitor light, or even a check engine light, well, you need to get it looked at. But yeah. if it's a red warning light that comes on, like oil or temperature brakes. or brakes, yeah. um, battery, pull over right away. Right. Because yeah. bad things are going to happen if you don't. And so, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. yeah. So. AAA.com, uh, right? AAA.com. AAA.com. Right. Uh, my email is jpaul, J-P-A-U-L, at aaanortheast.com. Uh, you can send me an email. Happy to answer your viewers and listeners questions and uh you know always try to be out there to help people john it's always a pleasure all right thank you joe really enjoy it we'll all be right back uh next season How's next that? season yeah. yeah that could be tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we go back to yeah. summertime yeah. <laughs> thanks again all right thank you you're welcome